It is winter in Area X, the mysterious wilderness that has defied explanation for thirty years, rebuffing expedition after expedition, refusing to reveal its secrets. As Area X expands, the agency tasked with investigating and overseeing it, the southern reach has collapsed in and itself in confusion. Now one last desperate team crosses the border, determined to reach a remote island that may hold the answers they've been seeking. If they fail, the outer world is in peril. Meanwhile, acceptance tunnels ever deeper into the circumstances surrounding the creation of Area X. What initiated this unnatural upheaval? Among the many who have tried, who has gotten close to understanding Area X, and who may have been corrupted by it? In this last installment of Jeff Vandermeer's Southern Reach trilogy, the mysteries of Area X may be solved, but their consequences and implications are no less profound or terrifying. I'm Jason Squamata. I'm here with my lovely cohorts, Pat Janowski, Mark Savage, and Kate Fenker, to discuss the final book in Jeff Vandermeer's Southern Reach trilogy, Acceptance. This is Book Circle Online. From the Library of Maria Menounos, this is Book Circle Online, featuring in-depth discussion, insight, news, and commentary on all the world's leading book titles and their authors. And now, Book Circle Online. Okay, well, uh, here we are. Welcome back to Book Circle Online. This is Jason Squamata. Today, we are taking our third and final pass at the turbulent mercurial territory of Area X. We are covering Acceptance, the third book in the Southern Reach trilogy by our friend Jeff Vandermeer. And, uh, well, what a trilogy it's been. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about uh, some some brief furious impressions we might have about uh, the book as a whole. Acceptance, Pat. What a long, strange trilogy it's been. Mm, indeed. Um, I really, what I really have appreciated in the whole of this trilogy is the c- c- dramatic difference in the voices among the three different books. Uh-huh. Um, the first one was completely, it felt completely vague and obfuscating and mm. cloudy and foggy and what the heck is going on here kind mm. of thing. The second one sort of, so you started getting some inklings. The people were much more clearly portrayed, that sort of thing. And this one, as it as it shifts from point of view to point of view, it seems so straightforward, which it's not, right? um, because none of these are. But in comparison to the other two, it's been a very interesting progression in voice. Indeed. Okay, and I could – I I agree wholeheartedly with what you said, but at the same time – I feel like there's this curious way in which it has gotten more nebulous and diffused as Mm -hmm. it goes. Yeah. Because that first book, for all of its ambiguities, this adventure of these strange people. It was one episode. Right. Right. Yeah. And uh, and so as the sort of shifting loyalties and the enduring unknowability of Area X evolves across these books – so, it, I mean, this weird expansion and contraction thing, as if the trilogy itself were alive, it becomes more distinct and high-res as it goes and more nebulous and exactly. unknowable. And shifting loyalties, I would ascribe only to the second book, actually, when you put it that way. Sure. I see that nowhere, sort of, in the first one uh-huh. and not even in Herod. It's, right, it's all right, these right. different stories. What were you going to say, Kate? Sorry. Oh, that just what you were saying, it's like in – how they're always saying in science, the more you, it's like the more you know, the more that you don't know. And yeah. the more that things are brought into tight, strong focus, this is not a hallucination. This is a description of something that definitely exists. This is what we're looking this at. This is happening. And this is happening. This object exists. This incarnation of a persona exists. This cell phone is ambulating itself across the floor. Uh-huh. And none of this helps explain anything. It only makes bigger questions. Right, 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 right. <laughs> That's True. where the book being called Acceptance seems yeah. such a good title because oh. the, the, in some way the characters have to accept the unknowingness of the situation. And they do. And, they do. and the reader may be, ah, um, may yeah. be frustrated. I, I didn't feel that way, but I can see how uh, people might get to the end and go, huh? There, there must be more. There right. must be the, you know, it's it. Um, but I think he's um, he's boldly reaching for something bigger. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Throughout this whole thing, he's right. reaching for something very, very And in a way, big. in a way, the first book, um, by setting up this kind of expedition, is almost, you could almost <clears throat> imagine a conventional, um, almost Shackleton story. Or even no. Lord of the Rings, we're going on a journey. Right. We sure. have to go, it's and we know what we need to do. Journey. And the second right. one is, is, is almost the, the conventional John le Carre right. spy novel, um, set in an office everybody's paranoid and by the third one you see it's almost like he's saying these these narrative modes that we know and trust um in the in the face of the unknowable are useless right. yes. we, have, we have to shed those yes right. you might not be the adventurer you might be the landscape yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah nice. yeah you were comparing the the um the trilogy and the, the the titles in particular to your work day today earlier when you were talking. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah. You know, and I, when you wake up, you want to go to work. You don't want to go to work. It's annihilation going yeah. to work. Oh, yeah, an annihilation. Uh, you have to face authority. Right. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. you come to accept that mm-hmm. yes. for better or worse, uh, the situation it, you're part of. Right. Yes. And in the way yeah. that Area X uh, achieves most of the ground it gains through a kind of seduction. Mm-hmm. You know, also uh, these kind of non-human entities in in our daily modern lives that uh, that that assimilate us. And yeah, they may or ways. may not be nefarious, uh-huh. but they they seem to have consequences. The moaning yeah. pig-like manager at work. Yes, um, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> who is not to name any names. <laughs> 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 uh-huh. Lowry, let's talk uh, okay, now. Speaking of bosses. Yes. I mean, despite the fact that uh, most of the major characters in this trilogy at one point or another um, kind of sloth the liniments of identity and recede into this teeming uh, Most of them have no names. Yes. True. Um, And uh, the ones that do have names are either especially endearing or Lowry. I love that his he has no his his function is ambiguous. Like the seasoning salt, uh-huh. he adds flavor. <laughs> <laughs> but what is he actually made of? If uh-huh. you look at it, it's uh-huh. MSG. Yeah, MSG. That's all saying. right. Okay, does nothing for the body. No. Okay, just lends spice to the interactions of the components within the and body. And somehow increases your appetite, but you're not quite sure why. Right. But it's evil. Yeah, 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 yes. Yeah, something fundamentally officiated, you know, like evil, definitely. Mm-hmm. Right, Larry is really vain. Yes. Larry is like almost living on a celebrity uh-huh. from an expedition. He's almost right. like creating this kind of Jacques Cousteau uh, for what, you know, a kind yeah. of romantic, I've been here, right. um, I know things. But he combines that with this strange kind of bureaucratic authority right well his uh, i feel like his you know his journey that first expedition into area x the way that area x has of reflecting the kind of needs and uncertainties of the human beings who are entering it right all this ambiguity and murkiness and nebulousness had not yet accrued there was still a fundamental we don't know what's happening let's get to the bottom of this but, let's be scientists. Yes, let's be scientists. But he, you know, clearly, you know, there are references to him with his jutting jaw as being this sort of, you know, like, like uh, you know, hero figure, this sort of clip art hero figure that was going to fix this and this, you know, astronaut entering it's the certainly the how he sees himself. Oh, certainly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Despite the, con- the decay that's accrued behind that mask. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you can see how his experience of Area X was of like a mysterious aberration that needed to be tamed in the terms of his adventurous, ego-heavy... In the narrative that he tells himself. Yes. And other people. Right, yes. Whereas, you know, when it's the... uh, When we're talking about members of the 5th, 8th expedition or the 10th, 11th expedition, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh, and this has just become this maze of unknowability, and uh, and there's... Even if the characters aren't in the moment aware of it, there's this creeping dread clinging to the whole enterprise. They're, you know... Um, their their egos maybe are not uh, strong enough to withstand the turbulence of what's happening in that space. Mm-hmm. But uh, but it's interesting that like the most conventionally heroic figure in the book, someone who'd be the hero of a ecological disaster book thirty years ago, is uh, the closest thing to a human villain. Right. Yeah, well, it's like in a way 
it's it's like how you might think of um, uh, a, a hero descending. You know, if you read uh, Victorian stories of of great explorers descending into the dark continent and they're bravely facing up to the savages that they find there, uh-huh. that kind of thing now um, is just filled with for, for us filled with um, horrible actions. Right. Right. By by our sure. forefathers, yeah. sure. right. these horrible th- and um, and in a way, Lowry in his in his small pocket can enjoy a celebrity. Um, his legacy, if it's if there is any legacy beyond um. this, um, he won't be remembered as a great man. Right, well, he has to live on the fumes in in the, the tam- present. Taming yeah. Area X, uh-huh. uh, Area X is clearly fixing uh-huh. the ecological disaster that Earth has wreaked upon itself. Right, right. Um, whether that means it's going to annihilate everybody on Earth while it does that, yeah, who knows? Well, every every human because animals, right? Oh yeah. What, Good point. what do we see? Any suffering animals? We see the suffering rabbits. playing in the midst the, of the all ad- this drama. The rabbits disappear. Right. We see the rabbits disappear. We don't see where they end up. Yeah, and and it seems like. Um, that humans are the only ones who have a problem with the with area X. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's somehow it's it feels like it's 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 our problem. Like in a way that um, uh, we can't. Uh, some of the characters, especially Control, keep seeing it as this this adversary, nature. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, right. He doesn't seem to understand that our humans' place in nature is right. far more complicated than that. Yeah. It's just this. What is it? What is it doing? We, we, we're going to go in there and, and we're going to face up to it. And he's kind of psyching himself up for a brave action. Right. He doesn't know what it might be. Yeah. But y- he just feels to me like. A hiker wearing the wrong shoes all the time. Uh-huh, going right, through right. This. Yeah. What is this? Oh, this outdoors. It's scary. It's tough. It's and 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 he's, for all his intelligence, is fundamentally stupid. Yeah. When it comes to well, on the edge of this thing, I feel like he's doomed to completely run in circles yeah. until because it, it assimilates itself. Because ultimately, I mean, my read of you know of how this all plays out in acceptance is that. Um, Area X is not this invasive force from another universe. It's this way of seeing that infects the ecology and planet Earth is remembering that it is Area X. And, you know, and the growth of this territory means that more and more of the living organisms on the surface of this planet are sloughing, you know, the the self-deceptions, the egos. The that have led to the horrible outcome right. that yeah. we started with. And, yeah, know. well, because mm-hmm. it's, it's an ecology hurting itself because right. it doesn't uh, imagine, because there's a part of it that imagines that it is separate from I the like mix. that. I like that um, description of it, Jason, um, because there's, there's other things postulated, parallel universes. Sure. Are we actually on a different planet, in a different solar system? Is that right. what's happening to us? Is that what happened when we dived into that pool up in Maine? Right. You know, right. Um, I like that characterization of it well, as it, it's uh, more and more of the planet is sloughing off this false, um, corroded uh, layers, you know, right. that it's that is put onto it. Yeah, and losing the illusion of its disconnectedness from the rest of the cosmos. I mean, this yes. these sort of uh-huh. like you know wormholes that connect it to these other worlds, or the idea that you know this first germ of Area X came from another. Yeah, and place. the only organisms that mm-hmm. that harms are people. Yeah, and the illusions of people, the illusions that we can conquer. That this nature is something out there, and we go into it and we conquer it. We climb these mountains, uh-huh. we put flags on the top of them, and uh-huh. we say, "Look at this guy! What a great guy!" In in light of Area X, right. those kind of achievements just seem. It's like you built a sandcastle. Well done. Uh-huh. You know? yeah. They seem they seem nothing. <laughs> Whereas right. the biologist who loved to stare into the tide pools, I mean, she really flourished. In her She's the only one who right. really yeah. seems to. Um, well, she's the only one we see. Yeah, the mm-hmm. only one we see. Um, we don't mm-hmm. know what the rest of all the, you know. She, she's the only character who shows, um, Evolution. displays any sign of acceptance mm-hmm. of Area X. And it's partly because she can function in in the moment. She can sit there and look at the blades of grass moving and enjoy that. Right, 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 right. Um, 
Control can't even see them. Yeah. He's wondering yeah. why they're moving when he can't feel a wind. Indeed. Know? Indeed. Well, I mean, she's been taken to that place by her experience in Annihilation. Yeah. Because, I mean, she did, you know, we were introduced to her in this web of paranoia. As, as a questioning, she was asking lots of questions. Right, yeah. right. Well, yes. and she never quite fit in anywhere else that she was. Yes. Yeah. this was kind of, it seemed like all her life was leading here. Right, yeah. and it got there, and it's like the biologist is sloughed, and she's part of this mix now that emerges as gigantic, you know, leviathanic creatures with too many eyes. Stone wave uh that just stops short of, you know, subsuming the old, the entire reflected lighthouse on the island. Yeah, but she is somehow woven into that phenomenon and this rippling in the sky and, of course, most obviously in, you know, in in Area X grows a copy of her, Ghost Bird. Ghost Bird. Who, who is almost like the, the gone native version. I imagine right. her walking around in bare feet. Sure. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and Ghostbird's journey. Much like Kevin Costner in Dances with Wolves. In a way. Right. I yeah, was yeah, picturing yeah. her in the, in the, the, the army regulation I jacket. I know you were. I, uh-huh. know. I just gave voice to your interview. Uh-huh. <laughs> right. And that would be a marvelous journey if in the film version of Kevin Costner's cast as Lowry, then he can. You know, oh, he would, that's oh, a good shout. That's a good shout because, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, um, but, yes. but something that occurred to me when you were just describing the biologist and, mm-hmm. and what she became, mm-hmm. um, it's a God image too. Uh, yeah. the many eyes that both terrible and beautiful to look upon, right. like you can't bear to look at it yeah. and yet it's there. Right. Totally. Um, you're making me think. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and it's, it's almost even that vast, unknowable, baffling creature is a somewhat knowable nodule of this great macro yeah. consciousness. It's growing to scare because us. Because it's tangible. To spook yeah. us. Yeah. 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 Right. And so even that is a kind of degradation and is closer to these scurrying human beings. Well, it's than, something right, that they can understand. You know. Yeah. Kind of. Right. This is something right. to run away from yes. at the very least. Right. It, Which is preferable to something that is part and parcel of every atom of our being and everything around mm-hmm. us. Yeah. To imagine that that is the enemy of your sense of self is um, that's that's why I mean I, you know I feel like this book's innovation on the Lovecraftian equation is beautiful because it's you know um, it's imagining that the human race is a an illness that Cthulhu is having and mm-hmm. Cthulhu as the embodiment of wild indifferent nature and um, but <clears throat> there's this cheerful nihilism in it that I think <clears throat> trumps Lovecraft in that, you know, um, like all the all the torment of creatures on the edge of madness as they stare into this totality that dwarfs not just them, but every human achievement. Um, it, it exposes that drama as being silly. And the acceptance, uh, you know, I, I feel like I mean, the apocalypse does not get resolved. I mean, the apocalypse that it paints gets more and more ambiguous, and it invites us into an embrace Mm -hmm. of the end of everything that we consider important or human or worthwhile. As part of the journey. Yeah. Because a more conventional narrative might have um, the humans finding a way to stop this apocalypse right. and return mm-hmm. things to whatever normal was. Which was or, horrible pollution. Yeah, and Or oh, right. they would all lose and we would understand their defeat. Yeah. As it is, that um, indi- <laughs> the uh-huh. indifference of Area X is one of the most challenging things. Right, right. Um, it would be like um, Lord of the Rings where, you know, Frodo throws the ring into the pit of fire and, and so what? Uh-huh. It doesn't change anything. You <laughs> right. think that stops you being bad people? You're right, all bad right, people. Right, right. Yes. And you're idiots for going on such a quest. Yeah, and yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and in a way, Control still thinks in those conventional terms. Right. In some way, he's trying to psych himself up to be brave enough right. to do something. He has no idea what it might be. Yeah, because as much as he's still like fixated and clinging to the liniments of his identity and, and the whittled figure that his father made mm-hmm. and like his issues with his mother and stuff... I mean, he um, there's there's a moral. He has a moral character that L- Lowry does not have. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, so l- all Lowry has are, is the liniments of his identity and his manipulations of people and what a great schemer he is and all this espionage. Whereas, you know, control. We're 
you know, I mean, I, you know, it might be the same journey with each of these characters. They're just, they're just sloughing layer. They're layer all well. Of they're stuff. all lonely people in no. various ways. Right. People who Absolutely. may have lost something. Uh-huh. They, they're all very. They're all sentimental. Um, not outrageously so, but uh, just in a very human way about people they they've lost, people they miss. Right. Um, people from the past that you don't really witness any um the only um like relatively satisfying relationships i can think of uh, revolve around saul the lighthouse keeper yes oh so can we go back saul uh, saul comes in we understand he's the lighthouse keeper gloria comes in yes we understand. Who grows up to be the director exactly they have a very sweet relationship sorry go ahead with what you're saying and and Saul has a relationship with Charlie, yes. mm-hmm. the fisherman. And we only see glimpses of this, but they, they're the only two relationships I can think of that offer uh, comfort to the people in them. Right. Everybody else seems to be remembering relationships that may have offered comfort, like uh-huh. the dead father, the, right. um, the, the, um, the biologist's husband, mm-hmm. who even though their, their um, relationship wasn't perfect, she remembers him and misses him, right. which is something. Right, mm-hmm. sure, sure. Or even Gloria and Grace. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though they, yes. you know, they do seem to comfort each other, it's still, they're still ensconced in this struggle or and the, the framework of, of a struggle of, of, of Southern, Reach. Southern Reach. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but Saul and Gloria, you know, have this beautiful connection. And they both lived inside the area that became Area X. Right. Well, and Saul was the lighthouse keeper. Yes, who we've been getting flashes of throughout throughout the books, throughout Annihilation and Authority. And uh, Kate, I, I, you were talking earlier yes. about how satisfying it would be now to go back and start reading again because when I was talking about yeah. how seeing that picture of the lighthouse keeper and the girl on the rocks and how it had significance in the very first book but you didn't know why. You know why. And now it's like, oh, you're dying to see that again. It's totally true. And I also noticed at the beginning of Acceptance where very early on we get the point of view of the psychologist who was a complete figure of like – what is the psychologist really about? And like the fact that he gave that to us, her point of view uh-huh. was like, yes, like it was like candy. And it we was got very that. satisfying. I mean, that was yeah. one of the best, most satisfying things. But yes, now that, but you're absolutely right that there are equal moments of satisfaction that would come with, now that we know this, can we go back and read those? I would say anyone who reads these, read them in a big clump altogether. Well, yeah, reading in one sitting. I mean, I, because I, 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 um, with, uh, with, uh, Annihilation and Authority, uh, Circumstances Conspired, so that I kind of read each of those books in a pretty compressed chunk of time. Me too. Yeah. Acceptance was spread out a little bit more, and there were moments in it, and this is not a critique of its style, because everything that, you know, happened, and I just feel like Vandermeer is masterfully in control of of his talent and it felt like it was to effect but i frequently said did i just read this page like when he, yeah you know and and then there will be something in the text that will indicate that one of the characters is experiencing time dilation yep or uncertainty about where they're coming from. Yeah, you have to be on your going. game. Like He's, the book is not the easiest to well, well, I think the whole thing. In a way, it's yeah. it's um it appears to be um uh, the, the the writing style at least very accessible. Uh-huh. It it mm-hmm. there's nothing weird about um the language totally. about um and but what's what's brilliant is how in this book in the third book. Yeah. In, in, I would say in all three books mm-hmm. they are accessible to you don't read it and go what's this What's the, like he? He's not. He's not William Burroughs. You know. He's not. Right. He's not. It's not experimental fiction, in in the kind of the language sense anyway. So and and I uh, there were parts of me after reading the first one that wanted this this trilogy to descend into the like the writing down the tunnel. This uh, kind of right. spiraling, <laughs> right? right. Um, descend yeah. into like quasi biblical yeah. nonsense. This right. kind of hogwash poetry that um I really wanted that, but um. He refrained from that uh-huh. if he ever even gave that a thought, and I think that the, um, th- in a way, the straighter language obscures the fact that it's that they're deceptively confusing books because you do think, what, which lighthouse am I in now? Right. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. told me clearly which one I'm in, but right. what lighthouse is this? And then there's a copy of the copy, of it, and we're, um, 
it it's like he's building in deja vus that that you're not sure if you've caught on or if you're right. Did I just go back a page? Right. And that's that's hard to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's advanced. That's it hard is. to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harder than the the hogwash poetry. Right, right. No, no. And which. Uh, is written by Saul. Saul's the crawler. Yes. Yeah. And it's oh, essentially yeah. meaningless. It's, so it's, great. it's it's like his it's his memory. Just, <laughs> yeah. It's his it's dream his writing. Core as well, a preacher. As a preacher. preacher. Yes. yes. It, that's just what he when he comes back to his true nature. That's what comes out right. of him. Yes. And and, it, and it means that the words, like it's in a way the books tell us that we, like we could write whatever we want, but it's futile in the face of very It's it's that's that's. That's interesting, right? Right. Well, and, and all these, all, all these. Uh, I mean, that his graffiti and the uh, and the journals of the different characters, the accumulated journals. They just sit there in a pile. They do, and you have this like pile of testaments to the last gasp of human consciousness at the threshold of this understanding. Oh my goodness, I'm all these other people too, and that duck. And that mm-hmm. and there's this idea that yeah a, a future a future without us wouldn't mourn us it would just be look at all these things they did what what right. is it it's yeah just, be, if because, they even be, notice because, because human civilization and human consciousness is a um, a toxic aberration I feel like that's the sort of you know like, and one of our big problems is uh, we can't imagine individually the uh, world beyond us right as much as we think we. Well, you know what death is. Uh-huh. We can't imagine that things will just carry on without us right. and without people being irrevocably changed yeah, by our death. We can know it, but not, uh, not be able yeah, to actually we, And we know it's it. true. Yeah. It has to be true. Yeah. But we can't. It's, it's, that's one of the paradoxes. I can picture conceiving something like this, spending a lot of time in the nature. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because that's what it's about. Right. Right. And well, to, The yes. bigger world. Anyway, go ahead. Don't you, in a, I was just thinking in a weird way, the 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 nonsense spewing sermon, which is so beautiful, it kind of describes what's happening. Like, yeah, because oh, yeah. because it's not. Lest anybody get the wrong impression, this is not like nature as we know it is taking over. Hum- because we don't human. know it, right? Yeah. yeah, right. No, this is something else that is that 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 absorbs and uses everything that humans have created and everything that's possible and, and, and beyond anything beyond that, that we can't even understand what it might be. But technology isn't like overrun by mold or something. No right. technology is part of it. A part of yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> this is something we don't experience yet. Right. Well, that when area X generates a cell phone. Yeah. You know, uh, it's and, like, Oh uh-huh. yeah. Right. What? Yeah. And, and almost a kind of, you know, to and me names, w- right. Like how it works with things that he, the, the identifiers and the things that, that are like all these products of human vanity, they don't disappear in this overtaking by nature. Uh-huh. This, this is a new overtaking by nature that's augmented by everything we've given. It. Which, yeah. Because we're part of nature. And yeah. Right. And, yeah. And Absolutely. The, the cancer right. is part of the body. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, right. And is, it, as soon as you understand it's not a binary, right. you have a right. hope. Of, yeah, of dealing with area X. Well, the delusion of the cancer is that I mean, it you know, it's trying to replicate itself. It thinks it's at war with the body. It thinks it has to kill all these healthy cells, and um, you know, and it. I I think, I I you know, I think an analog is uh, a solid analog exists between this book's portrait of the human race and and cancer in a body. I th- yeah. I think that the the cancer isn't trying to kill anything it's just trying to grow yeah. Right. yeah and so it takes up resources uh-huh. yeah. that the rest of the body needs and that's what happens to the rest of the body it's right. just being deprived sure and of space <laughs> yeah of yeah. resources right yeah. and that's why you die right 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 but the cancer itself isn't a hostile entity right. it's just trying to live yeah 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 it's got a completely thing. different organi- agenda method of organization right. too yeah. like right. it's just well, it, it's I, I love the the, the <laughs> cell phone. Um, it, it's it actually I knew something was going to happen with it. It was going to skitter away at some point. I just, it, it surprised me that it took me as long as it did. Uh, but um, I it, it seems like Area X's sense of humor in generating a cell phone. It seemed to indicate 
like people are not much more complicated to me than, than this cell phone is. And it's not even yeah. like an iPhone. It's like a flip phone. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> Such a cruel joke. <laughs> I love the humor in this one. There uh-huh. was so much more humor in this one. Yeah. Just the whole Science and Science Brigade, right. the whole concept of that in itself was hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Although not, you know, hippies uh-huh. and, and science have the same questions. Right. Yeah. What's it all for? What's it all yeah. about? Um, but then how, you know, the, the future, the people in you know, years later uh-huh. looked at this and said, what does it stand for? And came up with all these. And it was hilarious. It yes. was great. Yeah. It was nice to have that. Right. A leavening agent. Yeah. Well, also, I mean, I, I feel like Saul himself. Yeah. Hearing Saul's story grounded all this. In this beautiful way. Yeah, he's lovely. Yeah. The, the portrait of him. Yeah. Uh, as a quiet, uh, hardworking man. And the way he dealt man. with Gloria and right. how sweet that was. Mm-hmm. And that 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 his life is not, you know, like extraordinary on the surface, but like everything that we've experienced has grown out of it in these weird ways. Absolutely. Because he was ground zero. Yeah. the lighthouse was. Right, right. And um, and I, you know, and, and I mean, there are, We've discussed this. I mean, many, most amazing books, I mean, are going to reward rereading. And, you know, there are undisclosed treasures that every time we pass through them, we'll see new things. But this trilogy in particular seems to have this beautifully circular structure Mm -hmm. where, I mean, so much of the stuff that's beautiful in this book is like finds its full explorescence as a prologue to Annihilation. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. The and journey they're making at the end. Yeah, they make a journey in, in annihilation. Right. Yeah, there were repetitions in this book uh-huh. that yeah. are interesting. That, but they feel very different because you have a completely different understanding uh-huh. of what's going on. Right, right. Even if the journeys echo, um, and we know the journeys echo because there have been so many expeditions. Yeah, yeah. But mm-hmm. um, and and the poetic repeti- re- repetitions like. Uh, like Mark, when you mentioned that none none of the animals are in any kind of trouble or strife in this story, and I love that whenever you know one of the characters kind of you know relinquishes all their drama and just observes nature, it's it's always creatures playing. Uh-huh. I mean, everyone's all consumed by regret or by longings or paranoia. But all these things are just at play all around And them. ghost birds' um, accounts of being out in nature are, uh, are some of the loveliest passages of this book. Yeah. Just yeah, again and again and again, you yeah. get these descript- really vivid descriptions that could, that could be um, uh, come from a, a nonfiction book uh-huh. about you know, all kinds of regions. That right. It's just, such, so just drenched with, with this imagery. And she... She can see these things. Yeah. She notices these yeah. things. And and what's interesting is where everybody else is questing and asking questions, mm-hmm. um, she's stopping and looking around. And it made me think of Terrence Malick, the filmmaker, uh-huh. um, especially um, The Thin Red Line, where uh-huh. he had he had this right. interstellar cast. Every, every male actor in Hollywood um, was either in that film uh-huh. or cut be. out of that film right. or yeah. wanted to be yeah. anyone you could name. Yeah. And yet he would have these huge battle scenes ready. We're going to assault this hill. We've got, you know, anyone you can name lined up in the mud. Yeah. And Terrence Malick notices the way the sunlight's falling on, yeah. on a particular blade right. of grass. And he's going to film that right. maybe for a couple of hours. Right. 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 That's ghost bird. Yeah. That's no, absolutely. Doing. Well, and the Jim Caviezel character in, in the thin red line, yeah seems to be the sanest character in the film. Right. Because he's got this quasi-Buddhist mentality. And he's looking around, and he's just noticing yes. things. And there's no words in that film, right. yeah. hardly. And, yeah, he's he's always looking around and noticing something, and then, like you say, the and, camera just sits and, there. And, and, and one of the, one of the um, problems you have to deal with as a reader is that um, there's a huge part of you that wants to know what happens in the battle. Yeah. Just like there's yeah. a huge part of you that wants, <clears throat> wants Ghost Bird to just keep moving and explaining. Right. Um, but she can't. Yeah. And in a way, she's she's beyond explaining because she's. This well, is, but this yeah. is the real deal. Well, and it and it feels like I mean, by the end of it, that she's you know like whatever, you know, the echoes of the biologist's you know life in her mind, you know, have have like led her to make all these assumptions about what she's for, or has like created some confusion for her. But ultimately, she has led. 
um, the director and or Grace and uh, and Control um, into into acceptance. She's been like a midwife for them. Into right. This yeah. is how yeah. it they, is. They, yeah. They've been fighting it in their ways. Grace may be surviving well, uh-huh. but. But right, but, she, but she's this at the end of her rope. Civil I mean, right. war, yeah. When right. they find Grace, she's days away from she's, she's, not surviving She's the anymore. Japanese soldier yeah. still fighting World War II. Right. She's, you know, right. and nature's growing around her, and no one's there anymore. And yeah. she's still hiding with a <laughs> with a rifle yeah. in the lighthouse. Yeah, it's brilliant. but with that time dilation effect, it's like World War II ended yesterday, and someone's been, Absolutely. you know, like yep. a kamikaze hiding out, bugged out for years. And Absolutely. Years. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, Kate, yeah, you had some issues. Time dilation. Yes. Well, they're not really issues. They're more okay. like questions because there were some things I observed and I wondered if you guys had any thoughts about them because I actually am not sure what it means. Okay. One was when um, when they discover the corpse of the moaning creature and it had been eight, 18 months, the calculated 18 months maximum since the death of the psychologist in the form of the moaning creature – and that the decomp was much um, uh, more advanced. Mu- much more advanced than that. Now, to me, eighteen months in a swamp is a really long time. And let, I'd be amazed there was anything left at all with all this wildlife and dampness and everything. And because I've seen in like Brooklyn, a pigeon go from like fresh dead pigeon on the sidewalk to desiccated corpse to just some spindly white bones to nothing at all. In two weeks maximum. So what does that mean? I don't think it's a lack of knowledge. I think it's on purpose. And like the idea that a year and a half wouldn't be enough for massive decomp on a strange corpse seems strange to me. And I have one more example, which I'm just curious about. Well, do we have any thoughts yeah. about uh, Do boggy swamps not preserve? They do. Oh, Pete, maybe. Pete, uh, the, you know, Piltdown Man in the Pete. Yeah. Um, buried in an anoxic situation, and she's in a similar maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. I um, mean she's up there though, not buried. But yeah, maybe so. But you're right. Um, I there are things like that. I'm I'm I don't quite get it. But I don't think it's for lack of thinking on exactly. Van der Meer's part. That's why I'm asking the exactly, question right, because I'm right. like, this is something weird and I don't think it's because he doesn't <laughs> know about decomp rates and yes. I feel like there's something I'm not get. I'm not 100% sure if I'm getting and you're right, it might be like a... Uh, or maybe be, it's or maybe it's supposed to pique your interest, and, yeah. and he is trying to tell you. I think there are something. things like that that are little kind of nubs and bumps yeah. that, that make you go, huh, uh, that's, that doesn't make like, sense. Didn't you think something weird about the hole right, in the lens? Uh, yeah, mm. and then well, Mark had a really interesting thing to say about that. Do tell okay. because I'm like, what? <laughs> Is there not some kind of interstellar thing that embeds itself in the lens? And is the hole right. not made by the um, Science and Science Brigade trying to take a sample? Digging it out. Right. And it flying out the window, landing in the grass, and then Saul finds it. It stings him, and then he begins to decompose. Oh. oh, because maybe this is from another planet or something. There's some kind of, at some point, and I can't remember whose account this is in, but um, this idea of it coming from far away. And the idea that maybe um, someone posits, maybe control, um, mm-hmm. that... Um, the rabbits disappear and then maybe they reappear on some other dimension, other right. planet. Far away. Uh, uh, but it's it's guesswork. Right. We, we don't understand. We don't know. But, yeah. I, but Kate, if I remember correctly, when we discussed this, your issue was uh, how quickly the uh, Saul prepared the land. Yeah, it was such a strange thing. There was like, allegedly, like, and they did make... They they did talk about the like the value and like the transport of the lens. Like this is an old, it's a, it's heavy, a special, and valuable yeah. something very special, and like, and there it is, and a hole in it. And then Saul somehow repairs the hole, repairs a hole in a lens without it actually being actually elaborated on as that being a very big deal. I mean, you know, he's going to consider whether he's going to put poison out for the armadillo damage, and he's maybe going to repair a ladder, mm-hmm. and he's going to do this and that. Oh, and, uh, I don't know, repair well, an ancient fantastic. and valuable lens? <laughs> well, that's what's fantastic. What? It's, it's the... Um, <laughs> At various points, characters don't realize the important detail that we might say, hang on, go <laughs> back. Yeah. But they, they whiz past it because uh-huh. they are, especially They're early on, so, so he, he doesn't yeah. understand the the extent of the 
what's going to happen. No, of course right. not. And, and like, perhaps what was he that is thing? an expert on glass repair. I mean, yeah. he's the lighthouse keeper. Sure, yeah. it's his job. And and it it actually that's really fascinating. Like, with what epoxy? I'm so confused. <laughs> Sandpaper <laughs> and gum. Maybe he just covered it up with a, with a bandaid. Hmm. No, no, yeah. duct tape. Duct tape. Duct tape. <laughs> but but the fact that this would be the site maybe of the wormhole connecting uh-huh. you know, yeah. thing to happen is right. makes all kinds of sense. Yeah, sure. That think, it was an ancient so. and valuable. A lens yeah. is an eye. Yeah. An eye is an opening, is yeah. a window. Yeah. Um, it it warns sailors, but it also lets in, it lets in light. It refracts light. It does all these. It's really an interesting yeah. portal. Yes. And, yeah, and what's interesting about this discussion so. is that um, going too far with any explanation feels like it feels incorrect somehow. Well, it feels like you're going into Lowry Town. It does. Instead it feels of like into it feels like yeah, yeah. What we need to we need to be more zen about this uh-huh. rather we do, than however, more detail oriented. And I'm this fascinated is, this is the that human when that when right. Saul feels the prick of the thing, we know uh-huh. that yeah. from having read the previous is, two books, the, yeah. we know that Area X has started. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it has, quote, infected him. Yeah. We right. know this has happened. Absolutely. And so we're observing with interest everything that happens every to his body. Yeah. Is yeah. Every tiny cough is... Every numbness, he, every oh, strange... Too late. He's, sure. he's, he's done. Whatever done means. Yeah. Right. He's done. How yeah. about that scene in the bar? Right? One of the best things I've ever read in my life. I read it like 25 times. Talk about <laughs> him, it. Yeah. Him eating so much. Mm-hmm. The insatiable hunger. The eating all the oysters. Just glurp, glurp, glurp. Like not the even dipping them. Playing, the band playing. The band playing. And the, the bloody fingers. The, the bloody getting weird. on the... Piano keys. Just the hungry eating, like yeah. the grease dripping and the hungry eating and ordering another round and drinking more yeah. and then things getting really weird. It was so good. Yeah. Well, you know, I feel like like a really like ragged grassroots uh, view of the explorescence of the biota. Like characters are saying things, but it's coming out of the mouth of a different character. <laughs> And yeah. like the distinctions between the you know bodies of people in this bar room are getting like in what their bodies can do and are insignificant those yeah. distinctions because it's all part of this one mass organism and that's right. scary and, and horrific to Saul in that moment sure. as it would be to anyone yeah. of us yeah and in a to bar. the inhabitants and the, yeah. you know what, what's <laughs> left of them as people is yeah. doesn't really know the they don't know what's going down and right. a lot of blood is flying around and people are like dismembered and crawling around and it's yeah. mayhem yeah. and screaming right and a feeling of beautiful chaos him like leaving that behind him and realizing that whatever is happening it's like the dominoes are rolling and i just you know i Um, have to get to the lighthouse the the interesting question is um in some way we understand the crawler the language even area x to maybe be um this personification of soil in some way yeah um do you wonder if someone else had been pricked by the whatever it is. Right. That Area X would be a completely different thing. Yeah. Because in a way, it's fairly benevolent. Right. But within that, completely horrific. Yes. It's it's not a raging psychedelic morass. It's actually fairly normal and beautiful and and recognizable as Saul would be. Well, you know, and that's... But again, I feel like I'm reaching. Well, I'm explaining. (laughs) Well, I feel like it's being polite, you know? Yes. And that in, in because and it's that can be one of the most terrifying door. things. Yes. Ba- baby steps so we can understand it or ch- attempt yeah. to even maybe approach understanding right, right, a little right. bit of it. Yeah, yeah. Like it's really it's take. Whereas if if Lowry had been you know the window through which this it would have been building through. blocks and stomping and yeah, or it would have been it would have been uh, yeah. Madison Square Garden. Uh-huh. It would have been yeah, you know. But, so, <laughs> something we haven't really mentioned. I mean that. Saul was a minister before mm-hmm. he was a lighthouse yes. keeper, and he uh-huh. abandoned his ministry. and And he's gay, and he has a he has a male lover, mm-hmm. and they're very peaceful, and it's a beautiful situation. But this, but what what he was seeking as a minister, and like maybe what there was, like leaking through the, you know, the whatever it is that forms religion now. Uh-huh. But maybe there's like. Like this thing that persisted in him, Absolutely, even as yeah. a, as he divested himself from the conventional forms of religion and really from religion at all, and like pursued his passion and his reality, and and 
remained this, like, I mean, he's this, this sort of semi-symbolic figure of being a, la- a lighthouse keeper and stuff. And he has his lover who's a night fisherman and all this stuff. But, like, uh-huh. this what re- this weird, like, nonsense that remains as the scripture really it describes what's going on. What's what's taking over? Yeah, well, not the normal scripture, right? But the the odd, distorted scripture that that ends up coming from him. Well, I I feel like his flashbacks to like the nausea that he would feel before giving one of these sermons. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like I am a vessel for this voice, but it's it's like the wrong God. Yeah, he knew something. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like yeah. he was a portal. Uh-huh. Somehow, right. like he was the portal, well, like they were so aiming called. at him. Maybe that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And if we accept like Area X as just the natural condition of nature, of which all of our like human delusions of estrangement from it have been like this aberration in in the history of of this of this biota, then you know we can imagine everyone divinely inspired. You know, who's I mean every elevated you know if we're not like you know excoriating or or casting shade on on some other race through some genocidal imperative buried in our scripture most really um beautiful religious texts are hearkening back to that kind of knowledge that we are all components of one thing and perhaps all prophets have been you know like the advance guard of uh, Area X urging us to slough our <laughs> human concerns. And Saul being the ultimate prophet. Yes, the ultimate prophet. And, and the most unlikely prophet as well. Uh, yes. Somehow makes he's it given more it compelling. Up. Right. Yeah. 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 He, he's, he's given it up. He, he's, not, he's a man of few words. A right. lot of the prophets were like that, though. They were doubting. They were doubters. They were, I mean, uh-huh. in, in the traditional canon. Right. It's an interesting yeah. parallel. Yeah, he would never see himself right. as a chosen one. Right. Whereas Lowry... Right. Would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's the problem. That's the problem. It's there's people like Lowry. Yeah. Well, it's for it's, all the good they may do. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's so much bad creation. Well, it's genocidal maniac uh, and 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 homicidal misogynist Saint Paul versus Jesus, <laughs> who's like at every <laughs> stage in his story is let this cup passeth from me. I don't want to do this. Are you sure? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But Saint Paul is like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm with this. All right. Who am I killing now? Okay, not the Christians. All right, now I'm killing Romans. Right. It's an age-old story. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Indeed. don't give me this burden. I can't take it. Right, right. And uh, and uh, it's just it's just beautiful that I, I feel like in a way it's the most, you know, human, like the, the whole Saul story, his relationship with Gloria, his relationship with Charlie. Well, isn't just it nice him to read? As a person, just... Beautiful, and it's like it's in a way the human core of everything that happens, but for it to be coming at the end here, <laughs> mm-hmm. there's something beautifully perverse about that. Yeah. It is. It's 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 so rewarding. Yeah, it's a beginning that doesn't explain. Right. It's uh, like you said. It, it's circular. Yeah, in that it's it's like not just oh I can't wait to read these again so that I'll no, you no. know no, like I can connect <laughs> the dots. It's not about connecting the dots. No way. It's, <laughs> no. It, it it's like that. It it feels like that's the anatomy of this narrative that you know. That you can keep moving through that cycle and because, you know, what, like knowing what we know, knowing what becomes of the biologist, what's, what will it be like to read Annihilation again, knowing Mm -hmm. that she is a prelude to Ghostbird? We'd probably find it to be very ignorant. Yes. At first I wasn't sure. (laughs) Right. right. I did go back and start reading it for a while. And at first I was like, wait, is this being written by the biologist or... Uh Like uh, the or the replicant go. Right. I mean, you know, is this ghost bird or is it ghost bird? Like, right. and then as and at first, I was actually pretty sure that it was being written by the replicant. Mm-hmm. And then whether or not that would make a big difference or not, only up to a point. Like it would depend whether it made a difference. I, I think. So. I think the voices are, are very different. Though, yeah, they are, the and, it, and it did. Yeah. And it did become clear that mm-hmm. it was not. It was not the replicant. It yeah. was the original. But, but these like, are the it questions was, that yeah. these kind of and it's books interesting. Ask, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was interesting. Right. I had Identity. to ask myself: who, who are we? Who are these people? Yeah, totally. The, na- the names, na- the name names shift around. Right. Yeah. The director, um, her. Her account is told in second person, right? Yeah, which is not like anybody else's. Yeah, 
yeah, um, it, it, which, it's really advanced. It's really in, that's really interesting to me. Well, yeah. yeah, and in this context, I mean, I I'm always a fan of that voice just because of the audacity of using it, even it, though it's it almost striking. never. It's really you know, striking. Yeah, and in this context, I mean, we we are all all of these people. If this, if we imagine that Area X is something. <coughs> That's happening, at least in a metaphorical sense, then, you know, I mean, part of the theme is people divesting themselves of their identity. And so, you know, we might as well be the director. Mm -hmm. uh, Right. As much as anybody. Yeah. 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 And so that kind of inviting us to, you know, it does. It it does weirdly um, put us in her shoes (coughs) in a way that maybe before we couldn't have been because um, she was always somehow previous she right. was prior right. the control was sitting in her chair but right. he couldn't quite make that leap yeah yeah and now we're allowed this privilege of making that leap right right, and, right, right. but at the same time it makes her feel like who's who's speaking to her uh-huh yeah what, what knowledge is she being given that right. like saul isn't being spoken to like that right um and yet he would might be the first choice to write in that way but that would be far too yeah simple in a way well i mean because of the overlaps in the models of nature and language in this thing the way that you know there's this natural explorescence of language you know and and that we get the backstory on but um yet there are lots of murky but rich you know sort of uh gray areas there where okay we're getting saul's story in the third person kind of slanted in the character and texture of, of his life but um, so, I mean, if the ultimate omniscient third person is Area X looking at people and how their lives mm-hmm. are unfolding, then, um, it's almost like those second person episodes with the director. It's, you know, it, it's the thing that Area X says to you, like it, it's, it's like, immediate. Yeah. And and this is okay. Remember well, and who you are. How did you get here? You're very scared right now. She's hugely important. I mean, because yeah. she's the link. She's the one right. who was there with Saul. Right. And and went away and then uh-huh. came back. Yeah. He was there the whole time. Sure. Um, everyone else came after. Yeah. She's the one. Yeah. And so I like that second person because it is. It's right. you're right. It's it's remember who you are. Right. Remember how this happened. Remember. Uh, uh, realize actually right. what is happening yeah and the fact that the book ends with this love letter mm. from mm-hmm. her mm. to saul it's almost it's an explanation as to why this whole experience for the planet has been kinder than it could have been mm-hmm. yeah you know, don't you feel that yeah th- th- this this horror is not quite horror <laughs> yeah right like it, it's it might be perceived as horror but but once you think about it more and understand it more and find acceptance, yeah. Yeah. H- horror isn't horror. It, it's well, that, it's like that's death, a subjective viewpoint. Right. Yeah. Death yeah. Is, is a horrible thing, except yeah. isn't. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and, and Jeff Vandermeer sounds like a very uh, positive, future-oriented guy and, and stuff. But, I mean, this, this really is like a lullaby for the human race. I mean, we could... If, <laughs> If we, you yeah. know, if, if we all, yeah. my beauty. <laughs> it's like, but it seems, but you, and you feel okay in a way. Uh, it's yeah. all is yeah. gone. Uh, right. they, they're gonna, like, eventually we're all going to be gone, uh-huh. but, but that's not terrible. No. It's just, it, it, it just, just is. is. Yeah. And here's, here's a narrative scrim to put on that experience where it's not a bad idea. Yeah. yeah. That this can be like a beautiful, you know, positive thing. If, uh, you know, and I I haven't spoken to a lot of people about this book, so I I, I imagine there are people who are frustrated by uh, – they wanted more answers. The narrative uncertainty. Right. It's like um, – and the way way I've I've thought about this, it's like um, like how do you as a writer set up like this promise? Like at the beginning of the – throughout the books, it's saying – um, it's Christmas tomorrow. We have presents to open, mm-hmm. and you're right. you're waiting for the presents to be opened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But at somewhere along the line, some of those presents are opened. But but somehow, 
if you dive, if you're diverted enough by the food and the company, yeah, you get to the end of Christmas Day and you think, oh, we didn't open those presents. Oh, maybe we'll open them tomorrow. Right. Maybe we won't. Yeah, it, it seems like somehow he's done that, and that's a very hard thing to do. Yeah, and then it's not like they're they're MacGuffins necessarily, right? But somehow the the perspective shifts enough. Yeah, for uh, for me to feel satisfied enough, and and uh, by what he's given me, mm-hmm. right, and right. delighted by what he hasn't given me, like the boldness to to not yeah. give me more. Yeah, I, you know, yeah. Well, I I feel like the cumulative aesthetic texture of this thing like renders the delights of a more confectional conventional fiction kind of irrelevant. What happens yes. next? Why did this happen? Absolutely. Yeah. Why did this person? No, do you that? stop asking that. Yeah. I mean, you. Yeah, you. Sh- the uh, first if you don't, book actually kind of knocks that out of you. Yeah. I mean, because it just contains none sure, of that. Sure. There's tiny little bits. Maybe. But it puts us in this amazing place where we get this interesting distance once we're into the groove of the thing on characters who are still asking those questions. Right. They yeah. Seem like, kind of yeah, yeah, we're over it. They're control. not. We're up. <laughs> control in uh-huh. the second book. You have some hope that yeah. he might be able to make sense of this, even though it feels like it's too late right. because everything's mossy and right. gr- and everybody's going through the motions. Sure. By the third book, you just pity him. Yeah. You want you want to just put your hand on his head and yeah. say, it's going to be okay. Yeah, and Ghostbird can't explain point. it to him, but Ghostbird uh-huh. can just be with him and right. comfort him in that well, way. You know, and that's why I you know I, I feel like like her her human drama and her struggling. You know, she worked through that stuff as the biologist, and she's still dealing with stuff, but uh, just this conductor role that she has. I mean, you know, I feel like every version of what happens on the other side of acceptance in this book is positive. You know, I mean, despite the moaning beast in the wilderness, that was... Area X, you know, like trying to defend itself or, you know, coming up with possible solutions. But every character that we actually follow into the weave of this thing gets to this place of astonishing understanding. And how horrific or how pleasant we judge that kind of depends on how much Lowry there is in us. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. right, and I like my things, and I like to know why things are happening. I know. I'm I'm the boss. I like to know who's winning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What yeah better be me. How What's the score? score? Yeah. Is this going to be on the final exam? Uh huh. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And at the very least, I want to exist. Uh huh. Yeah. I want to know that I exist. I want to know that I'm here. Right. And the, and even <laughs> at the, at that, that base level, I mean, you then know, you have I to mean, give we, it up. We yeah. all have Which that. is what the acceptance means. I sure. Think. Yeah. The, uh, yeah. There's, yeah, just, there's a central um, <laughs> ego thing we have yeah. where uh-huh. we have to think that our individual existence is important. That our tiny problems right. are huge. Yeah. And. Um, or at least remember, that we're here to have right, them, even right. if no one gives a shit. Right. But like, remembering, even... <laughs> remembering that that my life um, may be worth nothing in the great scheme of things, like right. the big scheme of things, uh-huh. I I find comforting, but uh, it's terrifying as well. Um, if I if I try and say that to people, hey, don't worry about the, your boss right now, uh-huh. because in a year's time or in ten years' time, you'll laugh at yourself. Or you know, in a hundred right. years' time, humanity won't remember you or your boss. Yeah. Um, I find that reassuring, but I've re- repeatedly said these things to people, and they haven't found it reassuring. <laughs> it's terrifying. And you me, wonder why Mark struggle, doesn't have any friends. The struggle between me and my boss is epic. This is the uh-huh. struggle. Yeah. Yeah. And you this must right. understand that and right. agree with me. Right. And it's yeah. true as well. Yeah. I, it's not, sure. Yeah. But, but, yeah. It's, it's not a comfortable well, existence. How, will I feel, how can I feel better? How can I relieve you of this problem in the next 15 minutes? And, right. You know, and... Uh, there's a Robin Hitchcock song called "Time Will Destroy You Like a Mexican God," <laughs> on a on a similar theme. That's actually beautiful. Nice, um, but uh, yes. So um, yeah, the uh, the cosmic perspective. So we need to write a song called "Area X Will Destroy You Like a Mexican God." Yeah, yeah. Um, what chip chip chipper up in the crow's nest? Upside down face, but it still saw a lot. Um, cruel, magnificent, roasting your people. I am secure at the end of your rod. Um, cut out my heart and it flies to the ceiling. Time will destroy you like a Mexican god. So the person being sacrificed right. gets to sing this to their oppressor. Nice. Because that's how it all ends up. But that's neither here nor there. Have we any 
closing thoughts or concerns on the subject of acceptance? It's not like anything else. You should read it. And I would say read the whole trilogy. I yeah. don't think yeah. any book stands on its own in a conventional way. Right. Um, I, you know, I, I people who have complained about the, uh, you know, just on in Amazon reviews and whatnot about the inconclusiveness <sighs> of the end. Indeed, yeah. indeed. But, um, but I can, uh, I feel like. Annihilation stands on its own in a very special way uh, in that it's sort of a microcosm of everything that happens in the trilogy. And its ambiguities are because it's book one. You kind of – It's you know. setting it all up yeah. in your mind. Not really. I mean this one actually sets it all up. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Read them all. <laughs> Never <laughs> mind. <laughs> Read them all. Read them all. Um, you can come and take us over if we're wrong. <laughs> uh-huh. Well, it's going to anyway. Accept it. Accept it, Kate. Uh-huh. Right. Um, I'm going to read them all over again. Yeah. And over and over again. Any, any other uh, – moments um just that um there are there are some really compellingly weird images in this book but Mm. by in the trilogy but by and large the absence of weirdness is really striking and it's some of the weirdest points are where you are you know you can imagine yourself out in this sunset and suddenly the wind drops yeah and there's nothing there's no sound and and we've all felt that feeling what's someone watching me is something going on right right no the wind just dropped yeah and now the wind's back and now the birds are back but that feeling yeah that's where the real weirdness creeps in right the real unknowing yeah in a way the 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 kind of disfigured strange creatures feel like a relief right because it's some kind of explanation to us yeah but yeah the real weirdness and is, is in between the lines and that's where yeah. like his conventional language to i mean and i say it relatively conventional language right, right. It, it's 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 not falling apart language it's not dripping with um weirdness it's relatively sane language uh-huh. the weirdness is in between it yeah that's 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 tough to do. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's hard to do. Yes. Yes. Is he is he is it that he's not Salvador Dali but he's MC Escher? Um it, <coughs> even MC Escher is flashy in his in his way, you know. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's very it's, logical. Well, yeah. like uh, like Clear. Magritte, Magritte perhaps where, you know, there are mm. the, you know, like kind of stayed scenarios, but there's this one impossible yeah. thing happening in the corner. Right. They're quietly revolutionary. I mean, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Man, all these contenders are awesome, though, uh, and they all have a place yeah. in the description of right. the experience well, of and, these books. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, and and despite, I mean, he sets up these plot structures and that you know very artfully dissolve into unknowability. But you know, but yeah, I, I mean, um, the wonder that he injects, the creepy wonder that he injects into nature, is um, is beautiful and makes me think of. It seems like everyone we talk about reminds me of J.G. Ballard, but um, <laughs> but this particular aspect of Ballard that Vandermeer reminds me of is the sort of Vermilion Sands Ballard, where he can you know like just talk about the uh, the opaque anti-human beauty of a desert, like a a, a kind of beauty that uh, that renders even the eye that beholds it irrelevant in in its uh, fierce isness. Um, so I'm looking forward in the wake of having finished this trilogy to going to the beach again and getting <laughs> scared. Excellent. Yeah, because whatever in me is scared is um, is not good for, for Area X. Do you know, we're going to the mountain tomorrow, and perhaps something oh, will happen there. No doubt. Yeah. Everything will happen there. In the consciousness sort of way. Yeah. Yeah. Get, you know, I will hate to see you go, but if you guys never come back from that, if you melt don't worry. into your experience, don't worry about us. Because we're next. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, okay, so should we wrap this up? Certainly. Okay, it has been a great delight to discuss this delightful trilogy um, of Annihilation, uh, Authority, and Acceptance um, with my ravishing co-hosts. Uh, me being Jason Squamata, you being Pat Janowski, you being Mark Savage, you being Kate Fanker. Okay, and uh, yes, um, being is the enemy, as these books have taught us. So uh, thank you for hopping on. We are a book circle online. We are here through the good graces of Maria Menounos 
and uh, Manunos and uh, Kevin Undegaro and uh, our L.A. chapter uh, of Book Circle Online managed by the brilliant Jeff Masters. We're happy to be here. You can friend me on Facebook. It's S-Q-U-A-M-A-T-A. And do we have any other contact information? Same, same. Pat Janowski, J-A-N-O-W-S-K-I. Okay, tell her what it's about, okay, because she gets, she gets yeah, creeps on me. her jock all the time and you she know, wants to know that you're a book lover. Yeah. Right? Hey, I, okay. like, I like that. Send me a little message. Okay, a little message. little yeah. message. Mm-hmm. Mark? Yeah. Mark Savage. Mark Savage. Both from the dictionary. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Check it out, right? And, yes? Kate Fenker, and I'm the only one. And you are the only yeah, one. I'm not and, the only uh, one. And check out her uh, fabulous creations and explorescences on katefenker.com. Excellent. Yes. And uh, thank you uh, for keeping it bookish, keeping it circular, and for sloughing all the liniments of human identity to melt ecstatically into the glory of Area X. This has been Book Circle Online. From managing editor Jason Squamata, executive producers Maria Menounos, Phil Svitek, and Kevin Undergaro, we would like to thank you for tuning in to Book Circle Online. For more discussion, go to bookcircleonline.com. And if you have comments, questions, or book title suggestions, write us at info at bookcircleonline.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this is Book Circle Online. BCO, join the circle.